aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Nobody around him. Chase Elliott looking to go back into the history books. The new king of road course racing in NASCAR up the hill for the final time. A win at the historic Road America added to the resume of Chase Elliott up the hill. Checkered flag is out. Everybody is on their feet and Chase Elliott has won here this afternoon in Wisconsin. His seventh road course win. 13 on his career and second of 2021. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity X5, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you for our weekly get-together, a get-together that's happening after the first trip for the NASCAR Cup Series up to Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, and Road America. And what a weekend it was. Over 100,000 people gathered, and at day's end, they saw what a race that Chase Elliott dominated towards the end, but they also saw a race that had Christopher Bell in contention. He had a good run over the weekend at Road America. We're going to chat with Christopher Bell and have more of his conversation with our Woody Kane. Coming up this weekend, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is off to Knoxville Raceway. Aaron Evernham is going to give us a history of the legendary Knoxville Raceway. Steve Post will chat with Kendra Jacobs, the marketing director at Knoxville about everything the track is doing to welcome NASCAR fans. And speaking of truck series racing, we'll chat with Ben Rhodes of Thor Sport Racing. Plus, we'll have a lot more for you as well. But first, let's get a check of the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation with Kyle Ricky. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, NASCAR's Cup and Xfinity Series heads to the 1.54-mile Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend to race on the oldest asphalt in the sport, as Atlanta was last repaved in 1997. It was announced this week that this will be the final NASCAR weekend on that surface as the track will undergo a major track reprofile. Atlanta officials announced that not only will the track get fresh pavement, but will also get more banking, moving from its current 24 degrees to 28 degrees, the most banking of any of the sport's intermediate tracks. The racing surface will also be narrowed from 55 feet all the way around to 52 feet on the front stretch, 
42 feet on the backstretch and just 40 feet in the turns. Atlanta Motor Speedway Executive Vice President and General Manager Brandon Hutchinson. You know, I sit here in, in my coat, in my button-down shirt. I feel like we should almost have music, lights, and confetti cannons. You know, this is huge. We're, we're changing what racing will look like on an intermediate track. This has never been done before. We can't overemphasize that. This is going to be big. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to, to, get, to get the project started. This season is also the first since 2010 that Atlanta Motor Speedway is hosting two NASCAR Cup Series races. And Hutchinson believes that this reprofiling project will allow Atlanta to remain on the schedule twice each season going forward. This is a, a significant investment. It's a significant project. It's a multi-million dollar project. I think it's safe to say you'll see two races at Atlanta Motor Speedway in 2022. Construction on the new surface will begin immediately following Sunday's Quaker State 400. And the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series will tackle a brand new surface this weekend on the dirt at Knoxville Raceway in Iowa with Friday night's running of the Corn Belt 150. Over 40 trucks are on the entry list and include many dirt specialists like 10-time World of Outlaws Series champion Donnie Schatz, who will drive for David Gilliland Racing, and five-time Knoxville track champion Brian Brown, who will drive for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Our live coverage of Friday night's Corn Belt 150 begins at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Christopher Bell, and later, Aaron Everham takes us through the history of Knoxville Raceway. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Christopher Bell had high hopes going into Road America, considering he's won there in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and they panned out. He finished second Sunday. But when he spoke with our Woody Kane, he said consistency and runs like Road America is what the team needs more of. Let's talk about the bigger picture this season. You started off and got the early win on the Daytona road course and uh, were as high as fourth in the standings. And since then, your your watchword has been consistency. But it seems like you're doing okay. You're locked into the playoffs, but I know you're looking ahead for that. So what do you want to see over these last, what, half dozen or so races before the playoffs start? Yeah, we just got to keep getting more consistent. And, and I think... Consistency, consistency is definitely key, and it's something that we have not had yet. So uh, at the beginning of the season, we were um, getting more top five and top ten runs, and then over the last two months, we've really, really struggled. So uh, it hasn't been good at all over the last two months, and we need to get that turned around. So between Pocono 2 last week and Nashville, I think we've had two really good race cars and capable of racing inside the top ten. At Pocono, I think we we're going to run inside the top five if we didn't get in an incident there. So uh, hopefully that's a sign of what's to come. And Road America should be a great racetrack for us this weekend as well. 
Most race teams, and Joe Gibbs Racing is no exception, analyzed everything to the nth degree. So when you look at some of those races where you have been good versus some of those where your performance has not been so good, what jumped off the page at you? Anything in particular, or is it a bunch of smaller things? Yeah, that, that's one thing that's really interesting is I've been trying to find a rhyme or reason on to why, why we go to racetracks and struggle, but uh, we really haven't, or at least I haven't been able to hit on anything. And it's really strange because the racetracks that I ran well at last year, I ran poor at this year. And the racetracks that I ran bad at last year, I've run good at this year. So it really hasn't matched up. And uh, But, you know, that that's all part of learning and, and me and Adam Stevens gelling as a crew chief driver relationship. Do you think that that is an underrated aspect of racing in general and NASCAR specifically, that chemistry where you match up well with your crew chief and kind of speak the same language? Because we hear we hear that uh, chemistry thing thrown around in other sports all the time, but I have the impression that it's kind of underrated in, in racing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very, very important and it's something that's very hard to get right. And, and once you find that, that crew chief driver chemistry that, that works, you've got to make sure that you stay on top of it. So uh, me and Adam are, are building on that to try and get to where we need to be, where we can be competitive week in and week out. And yeah, it's just a, a long process and, and hopefully we can start heading in the right direction here pretty quick. With trying to find that consistency, you you have worn a lot of hats, not just in this season, but you're a, a car owner, you run sprint cars, you were actually your wife's crew chief in the better half dash. Does all that stuff, and even a TV reporter uh, this year, does all that stuff kind of give you a, a bigger picture perspective? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Uh, being the pure reporter in Charlotte was really cool to see what all goes into that. And then, uh, and then, you know, owning my, my dirt cars and, and not driving them and being a, a crew chief and car owner has been a lot of fun too. So uh, it's been a year of different stuff for me, for sure. But I'm, I'm really focused on trying to improve the cup stuff and get better results on the cup side. Kyle Larson has been notable lately for running about every 15 minutes in some kind of race car, it seems like. You haven't done as much, but I saw recently you got to run a couple of the dirt races up in Pennsylvania. Uh, I saw some of the pictures and it put a huge smile on your face. How important is, is having that other outlet to, to keeping you sharp? Because some guys say it's critical and other guys say not so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in it. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to race this season uh, as much as I would like, but you know, we'll see what the future looks like. But yeah, I'm definitely a big believer in racing whenever you can. We talked a little bit about getting set for the playoffs and looking at the way that thing stacks up. I mean, Richmond, you had a top five. Vegas, you had a top 10. Martinsville, top 10. Phoenix, top 10. Are you kind of licking your chops a little bit at the way those tracks are lining up? Yeah, I think the, the playoffs are going to be good for us, or at least the racetracks that we're going to, we've run well at. So I am looking forward to that. And I think that we can build on that. But you know, right now, before we get into the playoffs, we've got to focus on making sure that we can be good week in and week out. And we ultimately haven't been able to do that yet. So uh, that's something that we're focused on really hard right now. Thank you, Woody. Christopher, of course, is locked into the playoffs with his win from the Daytona road course back in February. And that team might be getting things on track at just the right moment. Coming up, Aaron Evernham. And later, Steve Post previews everything Knoxville Raceway has going on this weekend. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend marks the first time NASCAR will race at Knoxville Raceway in Iowa. 
and we thought a history lesson on why the track is so important would be appropriate. And what better teacher to take us through that history lesson than Erin Evernham. She's the only female to win in a World of Outlaws sprint car race and the only female who's ever qualified for the Knoxville Nationals. Erin? Drivers, start your engines! When the tough trucks of NASCAR roll into Knoxville this weekend, it signifies the blending of two worlds in a historic spot. NASCAR and sprint cars mix together all the time. Between drivers that run both, like a Kyle Larson. Checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway. And tracks that house both. Think of Eldora. In the Eldora Dirt Derby, it's Stewart Friesen by a truck length and a half over Grant Enfinger in second. But Knoxville and NASCAR haven't crossed paths until now. There's a reason Knoxville is called the sprint car capital of the world. The history here is so rich, drivers dream of racing here one day. The Marion County Fairgrounds, where the track is located in Iowa, was originally purchased to be a half-mile horse racing track in the late 1800s. The first automobile racing meets, as they were called then, were held in the late 1930s. During World War II, the racing stopped and picked up again in the early 50s for competition with hot rods, midgets, and stock cars. 1954 was the first year weekly racing was held at the Knoxville Half Mile. And in 1956, Marion Robinson was hired to promote local racing at the track, and he changed everything. The stock cars being raced were turned into modifieds, which is a stock car with modifications made to the engine and other key parts. Modifieds quickly turned into super modifieds, and once this happened, the cars evolved quickly, with builders finding what could be changed on the cars to make it get around the track faster. And by 1968, the changes had led to the sprint cars, as we know them now. It was Robinson who first thought of the Knoxville Nationals in 1961. It became a huge success quickly, expanding to a three-day event in a matter of years. Robinson convinced the fair board to allow wings at the Nationals to entice more drivers from the east to come and race. In 1977, Ralph Capitani was hired as race director of the Knoxville Raceway, and under his supervision, the track sanctioned the World of Outlaws in its initial season for the Knoxville Nationals of 1978. Capitani grew the Nationals to what we know it as today, a four-day gathering of the best sprint car drivers in the world. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum are also housed here, furthering the sense of history. This year, as the 60th Knoxville Nationals take place, more than 21,000 fans will watch drivers take center stage, hoping to claim that million-dollar purse. And when the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series hits the dirt track, History will be made and added to the storied grounds at Knoxville. Thanks, Aaron. History will be made indeed. Coming up, Steve Post and Kendra Jacobs talk everything we need to know about what to expect from Knoxville this weekend. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Whelan would like to congratulate Chase Elliott and his number nine Hendrick Motorsports pit crew for the win at Road America. They are the Whelan pit crew of the week. The team labored on pit road to find the right combination. Then the Dawsonville, Georgia native took command. They kind of struggled yesterday and, and never got into a good rhythm, I didn't feel like, on my end. Um, and I thought we could be a little better with the car. I made a lot of changes overnight and kind of started the day, and I, I thought that I liked it, I thought, uh, but I just still wasn't in a good rhythm. About halfway, I felt like I started to kind of put things together and 
start minimizing some mistakes I've been making all weekend and, and then started finding some pace. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Any NASCAR race is a huge undertaking for a track, but for Knoxville, it's something completely different from what they're used to. Steve Post chatted with Kendra Jacobs, the marketing director for Knoxville Raceway, about what fans can expect and how they're bringing the sprint car race feel to the Camping World Truck Series. This weekend, it is the Corn Belt 150 presented by Premier Chevy Dealers at Knoxville Raceway, all part of a big weekend. And let's dive into the big weekend. Kendra Jacobs, marketing director for Knoxville Raceway, joins us here. Hello, Kendra. How are you? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I am fantastic. I kind of want to start with just the reaction across the board in the Knoxville community, the local community, the racing community, to the fact that NASCAR is coming to the Marion County Fairgrounds. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a, um, it's kind of a shock in some ways. Um, You know, our, our season has always been really the same at Knoxville Raceway. You could almost copy and paste it every year. So when you add this giant event to basically right in the middle of our season, it like just sent this ripple wave through the town of, oh, we got to take advantage of this. Like we got to get into this. So it's been really fun to see like the checkered flag banners going up downtown. And there's been a lot of meetings with like the chamber of commerce and the downtown group to talk about like, how can we welcome these new fans into our town? Because Steve, you know how we are at Knoxville. It's not just a racetrack, it's a community. And they want to make sure that all fans who come to this race feel that. So it's been a, a huge um, a, 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 an effort, a joint group effort through the town and, and the racetrack to make this a successful event. I mean, we're really getting put on the national spotlight here. It's such a dirt track sprint car world. And we live in, Kendrick, you and I have talked offline multiple times about this. We're at such a neat spot in, in the sport where everybody is working together. You know, Kyle Larson running all the dirt tracks. And I think this is really neat to bridge this tremendous dirt track community of Knoxville, Iowa, to the NASCAR world. I, I, I love the timing of this. I think the timing of this works really, really well. I mean, it's perfect, right? So, and and to see how that that gap has been bridged between the two sports and now seeing how the fans are really embracing the different sports. And I think that helps us a lot because, I mean, we know sprint car fans can get tunnel vision and they are sprint car fans. And the same goes for some NASCAR fans, but we've seen drivers, you know, Kyle Larson's obviously the one now that that is doing so much goodwill effort for both of the of the different forms of racing but in the past you know we've also had that with tony stewart with casey kane um ricky stenhouse with jeff gordon i mean there were people who who got us to this point of where everyone's you know opening their arms wide for kyle and and it's fun to watch so we are in this prime position to take advantage of that and to and to say like we are a sprint car track, but we welcome all forms of racing and we welcome all forms of race fans. And I really think this is an opportunity for us as a track too to branch out and see beyond what we've been capable of and look at what we could be capable of. 
It's so exciting. What a, It is a great facility. It can, can certainly manage the crowd we're going to get and everything else. I, I want to talk about something, and you talked about the Chamber of Commerce. I'm looking at the schedule of events, and on Friday, race day, the very first event is at 11 a.m., a barbecue in the square in downtown Knoxville. N no town rolls out the red carpet like Knoxville for the Nationals, but it sounds like it sounds like we're there. There's the local brewery, everyone. It just sounds like everyone has embraced this thing. They really have. I mean, this is, um, they they call me and say, how can we do more? What can we do? Have, have the fans asked for anything in particular? So seeing this downtown group say, hey, we know, and, and this is something that's new for us, NASCAR fans come to the track early. Well, we want to give them something to do. Well, downtown is only half a mile from our track. I mean, that's going to be something very different for NASCAR fans. We are in town. You know, we're not out in the middle of a field or out in the outskirts or suburbs. We are in town. So you can come park your car, walk right downtown or park downtown and you're a half mile from the track. So you go downtown, they're going to have food trucks down there. There's going to be a lot of local businesses open. Obviously, Peace Tree Brewing is amazing and a great place to start your day, if that's where you want to go. I wish I could start my day that way. Uh, but there'll be live music downtown, lots of activities for kids. So anyone that's bringing children, that is a great event to go to. And then you get back to the track and plenty of time to still enjoy all of our food trucks, our sponsor displays. Steve, you know, MRN's doing an event on the stage for us. So it's going to be a lot of fun activities going on to fill the day. So, you know, don't wait until four o'clock to come down or five o'clock. Come down early, spend some time with us, grab a few drinks, grab some food, hang out, go to the Q&A with the drivers and get to their thoughts on racing at Knoxville for the first time. And you really make a full day out of it rather than just a night. Yeah, I think Dylan Welch and I are hosting that Q&A. It's at 2 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And it's going to be neat because we're working on dirt track drivers and we're working on the asphalt drivers. I see John Hunter Nemechek and, and uh, Ben Rhodes are, are, are on the docket. But we've got Stuart Friesen and Jessica Friesen and Chase Briscoe, who's somewhere in the middle. And so if you're a dirt track fan, you can meet the NASCAR guys. If you're a NASCAR fan, you can meet the dirt track guys. Coming up, more with Steve Post and Kendra Jacobs. And later, Ben Rose will join us. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. Let's jump right back in with Steve Post and Kendra Jacobs. And then ultimately, Kendra, it gets into the night's racing. And, and I love when we've done this in the past at Eldora, too. Heat races and an A-Main, um, that's what you're used to. It's not necessarily what NASCAR is used to, but it has that dirt track feel when we get into Friday night. Yeah, and that's one of the, the, the differences of dirt racing is it's short bursts of action with downtime in between. So you're gonna get these short bursts of exciting racing. And, and let's be honest, like everyone's gonna have that bubble of anticipation, right? To say, this is the first laps NASCAR is making on Knoxville Raceway, which is just so cool for all of us. But then you have these little breaks where you can go get food, you can go grab drinks, you can talk to your buddies sitting next to you, and you've got these little minute, you know, these 10 minute windows, and then action starts all over again. So I think it is a really like, you might never have been a sprint car fan before, you might never have been a dirt track fan before, but it's a really good introduction to who we are and what we do. And hopefully you enjoy it and you give us another chance and come back. And whether that's for NASCAR again in the future or you come back in August for the Nationals, 
give us another shot and come back again. Well, okay, we'll get to August here in a second, Kevin. <laughs> they don't need to worry, wait that long to come back because this is, while we're talking the one day, the NASCAR show, I mean, there's practice Thursday night, the NASCAR race is Friday night, okay? If people really get into this dirt track thing, you've got equally as big a day coming up on Saturday after the NASCAR leaves town. Yeah, it's, it's, I would venture to say it's one of the most diverse weekends in motorsports in the country. So NASCAR trucks Friday, Saturday, non-wing 410 sprints and winged 410 sprints, which we both know are amazing shows. I mean, if you want to see sideways racing, it's the USAC non-wing cars on Knoxville. It's amazing. So this, to me, I, I guess I just assume everyone's just going to stay because why would you leave before one of the most action-packed nights that we have all year? So being able to see NASCAR, non-wing, wing, all in a 24-hour period is just incredible. I mean, I mean, I, we're excited. I get excited about everything we do here, and I'm hoping that's contagious. So yeah, if the fans like love what you see Friday, stick around because Saturday is going to be great too. Yeah, you haven't seen anything yet when you're done Friday until you see Saturday. One of our biggest issues with Motor Racing Network is travel dilemmas because our normal travel is we fly on the day before the race and we fly out the morning after the race. Well, all of the special requests, I think most of the MRN crew is flying out Sunday after the race. I don't know what we're going to do on Saturday, but I have a hunch. I know where we're going to be, that's for sure. Actually, I think uh, I think you and uh, you've got me roped into a Q&A session with some of the sprint cars. I do. Saturday. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so Saturday, you and Tony Bachhoven are going to be back up on that stage with a bunch of sprint car drivers, winged and non-winged. So hopefully we'll get some of their input on what they thought of the NASCAR race and how different it's going to be when they're on track. So maybe we can get some guys like Brian Brown who are doing both and get his opinion of how do you switch so quickly from this big, heavy NASCAR truck to this wide open you know, open wheel sprint cars. So um, the, the mix of events is going to be really cool. I'm glad that the schedule worked out that way because sprint car fans are going to get a great taste of NASCAR and NASCAR fans are going to get a great taste of sprint car racing. All right. I promised you we'd go there. Uh, okay. we, with, with this event and in our NASCAR and our motor racing network, our, our, our world, NASCAR is the what we spend most of our time doing. But we also have Wing Nation here at Motor Racing Network. And we all understand that while the trucks and the cop and the Xfinity cars are great, there is no event on the planet like the Knoxville Nationals. It's the 60th running of the NOS Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey's General Store in August, Kendra. And just sell our NASCAR fans on why they need to come to this. I mean, the Knoxville Nationals are a massive festival centered around racing. So one of the things we really like try to point out is it's not just a race, it's an event. And it is an all day long, everyday event. Those four days, which now have turned into eight days, 10 days, 14 days people come out for, we have something to do to entertain you, to entertain your kids, to entertain your parents if they're there. There is something for every age group to do all day long. And I think the greatest feeling about nationals is it is kind of a family reunion type feel. These are your best friends that share your same passion and you might only see them that one week of, of the year and you can't wait till that countdown. So everything kicks off the night before with the big Nosville, welcome to Nosville party at our little, you know, our little bar across the street, Dingus. 
So everybody kind of gathers there and it's just full go from that point. And I mean, from, from yoga on the Brian Clausen Sweet Tower roof in the mornings till the post-race parties in three and four that go till 6 a.m., it is a nonstop party. And beyond that, it is the greatest sprint car racing you will see all year long. Every lap on the track counts because of our point system. So it is tension. You can cut the stress like with knife. It's you see it in the driver's faces and you know this is the biggest week of the year. And this is what they've worked for their whole careers. So it, it's fun for me that I get to play a part in that. And the biggest reward is having fans leave happy. So hopefully on August 15th, when everyone's stumbling to their cars to leave, they're all leaving with smiles. That's all I can hope for. I'm sold. I'm sold. I can't <laughs> wait to get out there. August 11th through the 14th at Knoxville. Of course, this weekend, the Truck Series, the Corn Belt 150, presented by the Premier Chevy Dealers on Friday night. And then it's the Brant Professional Agriculture Corn Belt Clash on Saturday. Kendra, it is going to be fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me two weekends, not just one for the Nationals, <laughs> two Knoxville weekends. Can't wait to see you this weekend and can't wait to see what all is going to happen when NASCAR rolls into town Friday night. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next weekend. There we go. It is Kendra Jacobs. She is the marketing director for Knoxville Raceway. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Kendra. This weekend will be an eye-opening experience for NASCAR fans as they see a little bit of what the sprint car world is like. Coming up, Ben Rhodes, and later this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live with all this Truck Series racing talk at Knoxville. We thought we needed to talk with a driver to see how he is preparing for such a historic track. Ben Rhodes of Thor Sport Racing chatted with our Woody Kane. Ben Rhodes is with us. He drives the number 99 Toyota Tundras with Bombardier on the side for Thor Sport Racing, headed to Knoxville this weekend. And Ben, a great season rolling along, although now you're getting gaps in it as we head toward the playoffs. And I know that's got to make you eager to get back at it. But two wins, five top fives, 10 top tens, number two in the standings and headed back to dirt where you once told me you feel like Bambi on ice. Do you still feel that way? <laughs> you know, um, uh maybe <laughs> we'll see how the truck's driving and I'll, I'll give you a better answer here i you know here's the thing thor sport as a whole usually has really fast trucks on the dirt um uh, but i've kind of been we've been up and down in the past but somebody from thor sport is usually fast and, and at bristol earlier this year that was us so i'm hoping maybe that momentum will, will follow us to knoxville you know bristol kind of drove like an asphalt race so i didn't really feel like bambi there uh, you know, I, I actually enjoyed the Bristol at dirt more than I enjoyed the concrete because it drove more like a, to me, it just drove like a slicked off asphalt track. Like, yeah. you know, you drive in straight, you, you come off straight, you did what you could to take care of the tires. So maybe some tire wear will, will be a factor at Knoxville. Uh, if, if it does, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, Eldora, that was never a factor. And it just kind of took away that extra, um, you know, that just that extra piece he had to play with. And I think that all, you know, makes it more fun. The more you have to watch out for, the more fun it gets. <laughs> Absolutely. And you had a really good Bristol runner up there on the dirt and we'll be headed back there in the playoffs, but it'll be on a concrete track then the normal surface. But before we get to that point, let's talk a little bit about this, this whole 
situation and we've seen a lot of road courses lately and you know back in the day we used to hear about road course ringers oh here come the ringers and now you hear a little bit more of it on dirt i mean donnie Schatz is going to be at knoxville for example i mean my goodness is there and this is the opinion part of the program for you so <laughs> is is it better to be the the guy who knows about dirt tracks and not so much about trucks or the guy who's a good truck racer and doesn't know so much about dirt racing i would um I would say the good truck racer and doesn't know much about dirt racing. And, and I say that because look at Bristol. I mean, the dirt ringers never even made it to the front. It was me and Martin Truex, who both are definitely not dirt racers, but we'll, we'll straight Martin up tell Truex, you. for goodness sakes of all people. Yeah, I mean, he said, <laughs> he said it going into the race weekend. I don't know what I'm doing. And he wins the race, and not by like a little bit, but like a lot over me. And then we had a pretty decent gap back to third, which had another gap. So, like, we, we had speed. He had speed. And we aren't dirt guys by any means. The dirt guys actually uh, – you know, they, they were, if I remember, they were wrecked out or, you know, laps down or something happened. But um, it definitely wasn't because of, uh, you know, just killer speed that they had. They, they didn't have the pace and got around some of the bad folks and ended up getting in a wreck, you know. And that's what happens when you get back there in the hornet's nest. We just do not, do not want to be back there in the hornet's nest. That just makes for a bad day. Yeah, and you get stung, and then you have to go and lay down and take a Benadryl <laughs> and all that stuff. It's not good. Let's let's talk a little bit about the surface because uh, you guys, uh, asphalt racers, talk about racing on asphalt, concrete, worn-out tracks versus new tracks, and the dirt guys talk almost the same way about the kind of tracks that they have. I mean, when you hear the guys who prepare these tracks talk, it's almost like a cake recipe they're trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to, to put it. Um, dirt cake recipe. I, I you know – I'm learning more and more of their lingo uh, every time I do this. I feel like I've got a decent understanding. I get my thesaurus and my dictionary out, and then I'm crossing words. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out how this applies to my asphalt career. But uh, the more and more I do it, the better we've gotten. And I'll tell you, um, you know, if, if, if I'm just doing this once a year, it's hard to get, like, really good at the dirt stuff. But if I'm doing it, um, you know, two times a year, like we're doing now, I, I think it, it, it allows that knowledge that you're soaking up to kind of stick a little bit more and, and kind of build a base. Once a year at Eldora, I was like, this is really foreign. Okay. I'm starting to get good. And we wait a year. Oh, this is really foreign again. I get, I got to build, you know, you got to build back up every year. And now with twice, I feel like I just came off the dirt. I should have a good understanding. And uh, I'll tell you some of the biggest help I've got comes from our shop with, with Tracy Hines, our competition director. He's been a really good coach for me. Wow, that's a, that's a good resource to have for sure. Coming down the stretch here now, I can't believe I'm saying this, two races left until the playoffs begin, Knoxville, and then you go to Watkins Glen to finish out the regular season. What do you think about the way things have gone for you so far? You started off red hot winning the first two, but you stayed right there consistently in the mix all the way through. But now John Hunter Nemechek has gotten as hot as you were early. Yeah, I um, I think we got we came out hot and then we pulled off a little bit here uh in these summer months uh, the past couple of races haven't been very good for us uh we've had different issues so uh, you know we've we've got to start heating back up you know i think these two races are the ones to do it though knoxville and Watkins Glen. i mean those were some of our best finishes all year we're on a dirt we finished second and and obviously the road course we got to win so i'm hoping these will be the races that get us back on track um i'm not concerned with you know, say like, you know, some people, they think that it's a nine one one emergency because they finished outside the top 10 twice, right? Like 
I'm trying to look at it as a big picture. That's going to happen. I don't want it to happen, but yeah, it'll happen. You'll, you'll have that sometimes. But the big thing is to keep everybody calm and just keep working. I mean, it's going to sort itself out. And, you know, the playoffs are going to be here. Let's get our second place points. I don't know that we can catch John Hunter now but being 100 points back or so. Let's just stay with the second because we can't count on him going out and having a bunch of bad races or a couple of really bad races and, and losing that many points so quickly. So we'll just um, we'll focus on ourselves, try to wrap up the second place, get our bonus points, and we really like to get a couple more wins to pad our playoff picture because the only thing I'm concerned about is the final four. And then you make it to the final four and, you know, we all know it, any, anything can happen. Yeah, it sure can. And, and often does when you get to the playoffs, you start off with gateway, then you go to Darlington where you were runner up and then a completely different Bristol. What do you think about that first round? A good mix of, of styles there. Yeah, a good mix for sure. A couple short tracks and um, you know, Darlington is just so unique too. I, I wouldn't put it into a standard, you know, mile and a half racetrack. Uh, if I remember correctly, this this Darlington we just had, uh, it was kind of smooth, smooth, not a lot of wrecks, and then very end, just bam, wreck after wreck after wreck. So I think it's important for us to, you know, keep one, to keep our tires clean. We were leading at Darlington and, and had tires go down. Uh, we, we, we've had really good speed there. So I feel great about that racetrack. Gateway, we're working on some stuff as we speak. And then I'll tell you, Bristol, I, I don't know what to expect. I've I've... I've had speed there in the past, <laughs> and then other years we've just been couldn't get out of our own way. So I'm got I've got confidence in Rich though. I mean, I've been partnered with Rich now this year, and uh, Rich Lucius Macrucci for whatever reason, like he'll he'll just he'll just find speed at places historically I've not been that good at. So um, you know, I've got faith in him. Hopefully he'll kind of revive my Bristol <laughs> my Bristol you know record. <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap up with this i saw some social media earlier when you got to do the seat swap with the nhra and it looked like you had a blast i mean there's nothing like when they say gentlemen start your engines and they fire the trucks or the cars up but the nhra is a completely different world tell me about that experience and what you took away from it because man you can feel those things they'll rattle the feelings out of your head yeah i felt it right here in my chest i i loved it all i wanted was my helmet and just for them to lower me off the jack stands and then I was going to be good. You know, I was just going to take off down, down the road. <laughs> I was, I was loving every second of it. Right. Like if I could have just, you know, just taken me off the jack stands and put me up to the tree, you know, I would have been throttled down. I just, I loved it. I, NHRA is always something I've had an interest in and it's always been a bucket list item, like to, to, to go to the race, to, you know, do a warm up, to like, just be involved. Right. Like yeah. it just, it's not apples to apples. It's not even really like apples to oranges. It's just a different side of the sport. And, you know, the older I get, the more I appreciate all aspects of racing. Yeah, it's really something to behold. Uh, the skills in one don't necessarily translate to another, but you can appreciate the talent it takes to do what they do, just like with you guys. And it's fantastic to watch. Well, Ben, congratulations on a strong season. Good luck uh, this weekend at Knoxville on the dirt and the playoffs right around the corner. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, we've got This Week in NASCAR History. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Brian Blaney got his only win of the season at Atlanta Motor Speedway back at the end of March when he got by a dominant Kyle Larson with eight laps to go. Larson led 269 of the 325 laps, but Blaney had a better handling car at the end. 
He says there will be at least one notable difference this weekend. We're going to you know, have, have pretty much the same setup on it. Uh, it's going to be a lot hotter. Uh, you know, this go around we, we had there in March, but you can definitely bring a lot of the same setup stuff. You just kind of have to adjust on track temp being higher. You know, the air is obviously going to be, you know, hotter. So that's going to affect the way, you know, the downforce and drag of your car is. So just thinner air. So, you know, yeah, that stuff is um, something you all think about. But the basics, I'm pretty sure, are going to be the same. You just have to adjust on the hotter temperatures. Defending series champ Chase Elliott won Sunday at Road America for his second victory of the season. And he now heads to his home track looking for a little redemption after losing a motor in the ATL and finishing 39th on the first visit this season. Elliott says the abrasive track still chews up tires like it always did, but notes the way you address it is a little different these days. You're saving, but you're you're also not. It, it's really more about having your car driving really good so that you can push hard and not slip tires. And that, that really has become the game, I feel like. It's not as much riding around and just kind of biding your time and waiting for the last 15, 20 laps of a run um, because you can't make up those big chunks of time at the end of a run like you maybe could years ago. Um, nowadays, it's just, it's just hard to do. So it's more about being able to push, having your car just perfect so that you can run as hard as you need to run and slip your tires the least uh, amount as, as you can. And, and that, to me, results in the best finish nowadays. In my opinion, someone else may tell you something different, but I feel like that's the, uh, that's the goal. Elliott's teammate, William Byron, finished eighth at Atlanta back in March and agrees that handling will be the key on Sunday. Oh, yeah, for sure. Atlanta's typically really loose. You know, you've got, you've got really limited rear grip, but also some front grip issues, too. So you got to manage it all, but... Um, you know, the, the thing around there is just trying to wrap that, that white line and, and um, be good down low. So hopefully for us, we've got that, uh, that grip in the back of the car this time and uh, feel really good about going back to a track for the first time with Rudy and, and being able to work on stuff that we, that we wanted to work on. And, and so far, you know, the stuff we've done at the simulator for Atlanta feels really, really good. So uh, excited, for, uh, excited for Atlanta and I think we'll be able to do better than eight. Road America runner-up Christopher Bell was 21st in the first Atlanta race and isn't quite sure why. Yeah, Atlanta is a really fun racetrack and it's, it's been good to me through the past. I've been able to win in, in both of the lower series and uh, unfortunately it hasn't been good to me on the cup side. So it was one of our struggle races this year and I'm looking forward to getting back there and, and trying to be more competitive. So uh, Atlanta is, man, one of the one of the coolest tracks on the schedule for sure. You flip and slide around and you can move all over the place. So uh, if, if your car is good, it's kind of fun. No matter how it all turns out, drivers are eyeing the changes announced at Atlanta for next year when the new next-gen car will face a reconfigured track. Thank you, Woody. About to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, it's that time of the week again. Time for this week in NASCAR history, and with it is our Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Mike. 1991. British alt-rockers EMF maintained a convincing lead on Billboard's Hot 100 with Unbelievable. The International Olympic Committee reinstates South Africa just in time for the 92 Summer Games in Barcelona. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a kinder, gentler cyborg fighting with the good guys in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And Bill Elliott was simply awesome in the closing laps of Daytona, driving the red number nine Melling Ford to victory in the Pepsi 400.
They're sailing ahead for Bill Elliott. He'll take his car this time right down to the bottom of the racetrack, through the apex of the quarter. He'll drift up a bit, now back down to the bottom. Right behind is the Jeff Bodine car by four car lengths as they race back to start finish. Over the last number of weeks, Bill Elliott has lost his grandmother and his mother. But now he is smiling again as he heads to victory lane, winning the Pepsi 400. Nineteen ninety-seven R&B group One Twelve teamed up with Puff Daddy and Faith Evans to pay homage to the notorious B.I.G. with the Grammy-winning hit "I'll Be Missing You." Evander Holyfield was missing an ear. Compliments of Mike Tyson. The unholy bite resulted in Tyson's suspension and a twenty million dollar fine after the infamous heavyweight bout in Las Vegas. And John Andretti was the undisputed champion of Daytona, driving Cale Yarborough's RCA Ford to a dominating victory in the Midsummer Classic at the World Center of Racing. Scrambling for second, and now there's trouble up in turn number three. Mark Martin, Ward Burton, and Dick Trickle crash at the top of the banking as John Andretti shoots off turn four to the checkered flag. Car is still spinning and crashing in turn four. Is down to the stripe. John Andretti is going to win the Pepsi 400, his first NASCAR Winston Cup Series win. One car length over Terry Labonte. It'll be Dale Earnhardt and Sterling Marlin side by side for third. Now we got bad blood. You know it used to be mad love. So take uh, a look what you've done. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. Hey. 2015, Taylor Swift reprised 80s pop with the release of her fifth album, 1989, climbing the charts to number one with the hit, Bad Blood. J.J. Abrams awakened the force at the 48th San Diego Comic-Con, restoring the space saga to the big screen after a one-decade hiatus. And it was the Hendrick Show at Daytona as Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jimmy Johnson coveted the lead, with Jr. first to the stripe to win the Coke Zero 400. Earnhardt Jr. to the bottom of the racetrack. They're jostling behind him now as they race halfway down the back straightaway. Here's Jr. He'll jump up in front of Jimmy Johnson. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads back to the corner. He was so strong here on Friday in practice. He's been dominant here throughout the evening. At Daytona, the final time off turn four, Dale Earnhardt Jr. with the lead. As it should be, Dale Earnhardt Jr. shows the way, crosses over to block Denny Hamlin into the trioval. Jr. scores the win. Hamlin spins at the line. 12, 13 cars involved in a spin at the start finish line. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. That's going to put a wrap on this week's show. We'd like to thank Christopher Bell for joining us. Also, our thanks to Aaron Evernham and Kendra Jacobs. We'd like to thank you as well for joining us. We'll be back next week to do it all again right here when we'll debrief from Knoxville and Atlanta and get ready to go to New Hampshire. Until then, I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, have a great week. So long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. 
and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.